Hello, and welcome to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and today we've got a terrific guest who's promised to rescue our advisors listening from a hamster wheel existence, chasing clients, squeezing in meetings and phone calls on the run, double booking appointments, running in all directions, scattered and unfocused on your main goals. We're talking about getting tips from the ninja of time management. Keith Dawes, an integral member of McDonald Consulting Team. Keith has spent more than a decade in the professional services industry, educating and training executives and organizations of all sizes, ranging from multi-million dollar campaigns with international PR firm Fleischmann Hillard and Fortune 500 companies to startup and emerging entities from diverse disciplines from his own niche firm, Diamond 3. His practice focuses on consistency of communication with internal and external relationships with an emphasis on business development, client relations, and sales leadership. In light of his extensive expertise on marketing, communications, personal and professional, and business development, Keith has been asked to speak before numerous companies and professional organizations around the country. Keith, welcome to the program. Glad you could join us today. Thanks for having me. Can you give us a little bit more about your background? Tell us how you came to be sort of the time management guru and how these techniques have helped you in your own career. I, I am a very results-oriented person, so at some point, just kind of winging it and hoping something happens doesn't necessarily sit well with me. So at some point, when you're trying to get the results, you have to figure out, well, how do I need to do that? And my father also had a military background, so in some cases, having certain plans, having a certain regimen, certain routine, and, and being able to stick to it and some of that discipline uh, certainly worked as well. I've read so many books, attended so many seminars, most of which were good, and have gleamed little bits and pieces from uh, from various associates and, and colleagues over the years. And, and at that point, just kind of found something that, that works for me and, and then found other ways to share some of that information with others so they can likewise find something that fits their style. And Because uh, if I try to force you to do my thing, it, it may not work for you, and, and, and then you will rebel. So really, it's a very personal decision to sort of undertake one of these. And the Army's way of mess at 0600, regardless, not quite as functional in the real world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was just talking to, to a friend of mine over the weekend uh, recently, and, and part of it was, you know, how do you plan a vacation? And then there's those people that say, I have to plan every single step of this itinerary to make sure I get all the good stuff in and to keep me on track. And then there's a few others that say, here's these couple core things that we want to do. There's a couple times that we need to hit to do them. Otherwise, let's just kind of roll with it and make sure that we can spend our time this way. Other, so everybody has their own preference on how they want to spend their time. But at the same time, if you don't have a plan, you're, you're not going to get there. <laughs> yep, you can't, you can't measure what you can't do and you can't do what you can't plan. Nope. It's, it's a vicious circle. Now, you've worked with clients in a number of industries, doing communications, relationship, and sales training. One common thread among your clients uh, that these powerful teams of executives, they're often time-starved, aren't they? Exactly. And that's a fair statement. So this time starvation challenge is pretty widespread in corporate America, I would guess, correct? Uh, I would say corporate America all the way down to the, the solopreneur and everybody in between. Now, if I'm a middle-level manager, and I'm looking at my boss going, he's running around like chicken with his head cut off. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he can't keep track of all this stuff. 
are those given symptoms of a, a problem with time management skills? Is, is there a set of symptoms we can look for in others or in ourselves that says, hey, this is clearly a problem and I need to address it? It, it, it can be. And, and speaking candidly, I, I get to a point where it's, is it just you don't know how to focus where you need to focus to hit the priorities leading to that time management? Or in some cases, you might have somebody who's in a role and, and he or she just physically does not know how to do what they need to do. That's a different training. That's a, a competency training. But at the same time, if you've got people that are promoted, I see this all the time, they're promoted based upon tenure. They're, hey, you've been here for 10 years. You're doing great work. Let's make you a partner, but never give you the tools and the resources. So, so obviously, that's a completely different conversation and different type of training. Where I look at it then is there a lot of times people get overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. It's, it's, a, it's a Monday morning. It's a Wednesday afternoon. It's a whatever. And that's when you see that, that hysteria in some cases. And if you are leading a team, as the scenario you mentioned, you're leading a team and you're thinking, oh my gosh, my boss is just clueless. He or she doesn't know. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't bode so well for, for confidence from the team either. So I think the time management, I, I like to say even energy management, focus, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of professionals just need some assistance on figuring out what they should do first, next, et cetera. Huh. That's, that's fascinating. I, I can see where that would, would play in and it could go either way in some cases. You know they're good at what they were doing. You're not sure they're good at what they're doing now. Right. Um, our listeners are, are RIAs, registered investment advisors, or, or various, advisors of various types. One of the common themes among those in our industry, especially at the low end of the size scale where there's mostly solo and small ensembles, is that they are extremely busy and time-starved, and there really aren't enough hours in the day to properly serve their valued clients' needs. Do you have a proprietary method of, of working with time-starved executives that allows them to get it all done? Is there a way to fix this? I, I think there is, and 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 it's going to be – my first thing to them would be I'm going to walk you through a similar steps that you would walk through a client. So let's just say you've got an advisor has a client comes up to them and said, I'm doing a lot of things. I have a lot of things. I've done a lot of things, but I'm just a little overwhelmed. I'm a little uncertain. I'm a little confused with regards to my overall financial picture. The advisor is going to ask a lot of questions, sit them down, get all the information, where you're where you spending your money, where you're spending your time, et cetera. And they're going to put together a goal and a plan. So I would say the same thing to the advisor are you busy because you're you just have so much business that's coming in that you just need to hire people uh, and that's why you're maybe a little stressed or a little you know a little, a little flustered or are you busy doing a whole lot of stuff because you don't necessarily have a plan of your own and whether the plan is client management whether the plan is prospecting for new business or growing existing business from the from the book you know book of clients you have now if you don't have a plan, all of that is going to create that same, again, flustered feeling for them. And that's where I look back to what's your goal, what's your plan, how you're holding yourself accountable. Do you want it enough? You know, because if you have a plan, you can focus on your time. If you have a goal, you're going to have the discipline to follow the plan. And then when in doubt, just look back and follow your plan when you're trying to figure out what you should do. So really, it's a matter of a combination of focus and organization in a lot of ways. It is. It is. And, you know, it's you asked about proprietary. I'm like, well, I mean, if you mean uh, borrowing clips and phrases from about 20 other people over the years and 
yeah, sure. And you wrap it up into a little bundle. But I know on any given day, at any given time, somebody says, hey, can you do this? First of all, it's okay to say no. Even to your top clients, hey, I've got a standing appointment. Can we do it at such and such? I think there's a lot also that because they don't have the plan, they don't have the focus, they might be more inclined to say, yes, 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 I'll do whatever. So the little things can throw it completely out of whack. You know, that could get, that gets into some time blocking and perhaps we'll get to that here in our time together. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It sounds like this is a problem that could sort of come naturally to some and, and that people don't really have to, to work at it if they're wired a certain way. Don't people just manage time naturally as a matter of course in, in some ways? Is it really necessary to have sort of a, a very rigid, laid out, mechanical way to look at this? I, I think some people are a little more process oriented than, than others. And so in some cases, the kind of things I'm talking about here might be you know, tweaking or, or fine tuning. I, I do know that there's others that they get so caught up in just doing what they're doing. In this case, I love working with my clients. I want to go ahead and help them do all these things they're looking to accomplish. And it's very easy for what was supposed to be a 20 or 30 minute meeting. Now it's 60, 70, 80 minutes long. And now that can just kind of throw a throw a, 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 a wrench into things. And so while it's all good, it's all best of intentions. Now that advisor walks out of a, a meeting and they're a little frantic because now the time that they had planned for X, Y, and Z, now all of a sudden uh, they're in a rush. They're in a haste. They've got to get in the car. They got to, and next, you know, it's six o'clock at night and there's things they didn't get done. So I, I think some people needed to keep them on track. I think others do it because it helps them feel comfortable that they are on track. And like in, in my case, I tend to have a fairly high process orientation. I just like to make sure that I'm also following the right plan. So if I have it, it gives me the confidence that I need to not feel as though I'm a slave to the schedule, so to speak. I could look at my week and say, all right, I've got 80% of it maxed, you know, uh, mapped out, feel confident, I feel comfortable, I feel relaxed, that I can take care of all the things that I need to. But at the same time, I also know that I've got some wiggle room when somebody pops up and says, hey, Keith, can you help me with? Or, hey, Keith, any chance that we could have a conversation about? I can take a look and say, hey, Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 10, these look like some good times. Can we do it then? As opposed to dropping everything now to take care of something when I don't have to. So really, it's a matter of fitting your life into a pattern with enough wiggle room to make sure you can cover the unexpected. Absolutely. I, I know people that you look at their their calendar and it is blocked out. Almost every minute of every day is accounted. And while, while that can be great, in some cases it could be too much because then someone calls, someone pops up, and now all of a sudden you've got this anxiety because I, I need to take care of this client. They have a question. It's only going to take 20 minutes, but it might take 60. Oh my gosh, how do I squeeze them in? Who do I can't? And I think sometimes we 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 give our, we give ourselves uh, some head trash, if you will, about this busy thing, and and I think sometimes we just need to simplify it a little bit as well. <laughs> you mentioned busy. Busy is not necessarily productive, correct? Oh no, I I ask about I ask that question all the time. Somebody, hey, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm busy. I'm like, uh, busy, frantic, or busy, productive? And, and that's usually, <laughs> busy doing what? Yeah, and I usually get the the head tilted to the head, you know, cocked to the side, and like the little puppy when they don't understand. I mean, that's usually, but it makes them stop and think. And I like to challenge people 
are you busy because it's just tons of work coming in and like, well, if you're not happy with that, then perhaps you need some assistance, hire some people, train some people. Or are you just, as we're kind of talking about, you're, you're the, the hamster in the, in the wheel or the gerbil in the wheel there, and, and it doesn't feel like you're making any progress. And progress is what this is all about. Absolutely. Now, from a, from a holistic standpoint, from a, a corporate, more large company overview, where are the biggest gains to be had when your, your team and, and your employees are, are more focused and, and are managing their time better? Where's the big pop? Well, I think it depends upon their role. So you might have some that are more client-facing, and in in their case, it's to make sure the client satisfaction, make sure you're delivering on whatever it is that you're you're being asked to do, uh, or opportunities perhaps to hear and see some other things that are happening in their world, which might allow you to to grow or enhance that that relationship, whether it's more products or services or referrals, etc. So I think if you've got someone who's client-facing, if they've got their you know, they've got their plan and they're taking good care of their time and et cetera, they're going to be relaxed. They're going to do a great job. So the quality of that experience for the client is going to be better. If you're looking at someone who perhaps their role is to, to, to be that rainmaker within the firm, or it's something that they're looking to add to their, to their, to their agenda, you know, each week because they want to move up in the firm or want to expand their firm. Then I think it's an opportunity to, to say, are, do you have a plan that's time dedicated to those new businesses? Is it a talk? Is it a lunch and learn? Is it going through LinkedIn connections, meeting with centers of influence? Is it networking events? You know, if, 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 that's, if that's your focus, then I think putting these things or putting something into place just allows you to be more efficient and more effective. And we all know that when, when, when things aren't going right, we get the, the, the anxiety going up a little bit, we're also not going to be as high, high quality with whatever we're delivering as well. Sure. I mean, if, you, if you're doing the right things at the right time, the, the business part of it seems to take care of itself. But if you're running around kind of fighting the stream, it's, it's much harder to show good results. Now, let's talk about some numbers here. Can we, can we place some metrics around some of this stuff? What's the, what's the likelihood uh, if a level of productivity goes up because you've taken, taken some time management steps to, to be positive about what you're doing and focus? What, what can they expect in terms of increases in productivity? I think that could I think that can vary and, and everybody's gonna track it differently. But at the same time, we always will put metrics. We're working with a, a client, again, whether it's a one person or it's a team or a company, uh, because you know, how do you know if it works? And and so again to the idea of that practice development or a new business, you know, are do you have a plan where I'm gonna do a certain number of these activities, whatever those prospecting activities are? And if you can look back and say, you know, I had 10 conversations each week for three months, and those t- 10 conversations yielded X number of meetings, X number of uh, new business. Well, you can put not only the metrics, but you can probably put a, a dollar figure to it. And if you compare that to the previous 90 days where you had, you know, on average two or three conversations or two or three of these activities in a week, you're thinking, well, I got one new client for X. But now I put this plan together and I followed the plan and blocked off time on my calendar to make certain I could follow the plan. I got the, the bigger the bigger return. Again, back to the same thing. That's what these advisors do for their clients. Their clients are just kind of throwing a bunch of things together. And maybe it's good. Maybe it's kind of eh. But at the same time, they put into a plan. If you do these steps and follow these things over time, here's the kind of return. Here's the kind of yield that you could probably expect to have. So not saying, I think there's, what is the, the expression about the, the cobbler's kids? You know, I, I think sometimes as you know, the advisors or any of us 
could we're great at what we do and we give all kinds of great instruction to our clients but i think if they're not following the same kind of plan they're not going to see the return and certainly that's what they want to go ahead and do for their clients so i just don't think they do it for themselves so we've seen that the upside on this is is really unlimited as long as you're you're continuing to follow the plan and go forward uh, clearly the differential between sticking to it and not sticking to it shows positive returns and there's really no limit. Let's look at it the other way though. What happens if sort of this panic, shambling, scattered behavior continues? What's the danger? How far can the downside go? How much damage can this really be doing? So I think the the biggest thing that I've seen and, you know, damage, you know, strong word, but it's certainly something to be thinking about is just the the follow through. So I think all of us would love to be able to reach out to a colleague or a client and say, I will get that to you by end of day, end of week, end of month, whatever that needs to be. And if you don't have a plan and just, I mean, and sometimes the plans are a little fluid and a little flexible. I get that. But if, it, if you don't have one and you're just kind of winging it, just kind of going with the flow, I think it's very easy to get behind. And then it's late into an evening or over a weekend, you're kind of frantic. Oh my gosh, should I get everything done? And if you miss some of those critical follow-ups that you promised to either a current or prospective client, then I think it can have a, a, a definitely an impact either on your credibility or at some point they might turn around and say, hey, Dave, uh, hey, look, it's been great working with you, but as we're trying to do all these things here, it's timely and you're just doing a really bad job at getting back to me with what I need when I need it. So I think I'm going to take my book of business elsewhere. So I, I, I think there could be that. Or it could just keep them from from growing. They're having a hard time dealing with X number of clients as it is. If they don't have something in place, they're always going to be scrambling and not have an opportunity to to, to grow and, and scale in, in, in an efficient way. So this thing can affect growth. It can impact um, capacity. It can impact dollars. It can impact all kinds of things negatively if it's not really taken care of in the in the beginning. And the biggest one I see, in, in the, especially in the RIA business, trust is really the basis for all of the work going forward with clients. If you break that trust by not delivering on things you promised, just like you described, that tends to erode their feeling of your competence and your ability to manage their money. And I would think that would do bad things to your retention numbers as well, based on the scenario you just laid out. Right. So it'd be tough, difficult to retain and it would forget about referrals. And, and at some point you might be challenged to be able to grow that, that book of business with the clients, you know, as, as their situation evolves, you naturally want to be able to take care of other you know, elements in their world, whether it's personal or, or professional. And if none of these things are here and they're kind of frantic, I was like, well, I'm just going to let him do what he's doing right now. Cause he's having a hard enough time keeping that going. And then I take it one one level deeper, and I said, why do you do what you do? Why would you want to go ahead and and be frantic and be miserable on a personal level? So let's go ahead and take some of that anxiety. You know, if you've got you know if you've got a partner and kids and you know family and friends, like you've got other things you want to be able to do too. You know, if you're completely worn out or frazzled at the end of every day or end of every week, you know that that starts impacting your personal life too. So. Uh, again, some simple steps that can also uh, play some dominoes for, for better or for worse. Yeah, I, I thought about the cascade effect of all of this, and you're right. It can spiral out of control if you're really not, not keeping an eye on things. We're coming up on a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about managing some weak links on your team in terms of time management. And we're also going to talk about how we get started in one of these management programs and then some tips for success. We'll be right back. 
Are you an RIA or financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, but feel like you could use some help? Feel like there are lots of growth options out there, but don't have time to research them and don't want to make an expensive mistake? Want to spend more time helping clients instead of time-consuming investment research, compliance checks, or transactional work? If you answered yes to any of these, Pinnacle Advisor Solutions has the answers you need. With a range of outsourced options and financial planning support, Pinnacle has a solution that fits your needs, budget, and circumstances to help you scale up, grow your practice, or put a succession plan in place. For more information or to set up an appointment, call 201-919-4838. And we're back talking with Keith Daw the time management guru about how to make sure that you're keeping track of not only your schedule, but your life in a productive way. Keith, since most people work in teams, doesn't everybody have to be a good time manager in order to keep from bogging down projects and, and pulling down the team's productivity? It, in an ideal situation, yes, but we we know how those ideal things uh, do or don't happen, right? So, but I think if everybody's at least uh, aware, I think self-awareness and, and team awareness is going to be going to be uh, helpful here. So let's imagine you and I are working with a couple other people and we're just being very honest with each other. You're just better at making certain that things get done in that timely fashion. And, and maybe you're more of that project manager-esque, but at the same time, I might be better with being able to rally the team. So I think being aware of your skills for, for better or worse, not using it as an excuse to throw your hands up, but knowing, you know, where are those strengths? So if you're the one that can be the, the task master, the project manager, and keep us going, great. Let's go ahead and let Dave run the, that, schedule the meetings, put these steps into place. But then I could be the one that's encouraging the team, hey, this is going to be great. Dave's done this. So I think everybody understanding their, their role in this is, is the important part. Obviously, everybody wants to get more efficient, to be more effective, more profitable, but I don't know that everybody needs to be walking around as a you know so-called guru in time management to have the team be effective. So it's kind of a balancing act between using the right strengths and weaknesses and making sure everything gets done. Absolutely. And, and I've seen some who knowingly and admittedly, hey, I just struggle in these areas. So, hey, Dave, if you can put together a process, that way I'm not left just kind of trying to figure it out on the fly. And, and Keith, you can give me that, uh, that nurturing nudge when I need it to keep me on track and not get distracted by shiny objects. Between the two of you, I can go ahead and do a really good job with, with being a constructive part of this team. But if left to my own, I'm probably not going to do a good job. So I think that, again, that self-awareness as to how everybody contributes is going to be critically important. Is that a hard conversation to have? It, it sounds like folks that are in a certain position would, would have difficulty coming up with that level of, of self-awareness and vulnerability to get that conversation done. So I think it goes to the difference between simple and easy. It's a simple conversation to have that many people don't have. Uh, but to your point, it's not always easy to turn around and go, yeah, I might be an expert in this, but I kind of suck over here. And can we work with that? So I, I don't think, and you mentioned corporate, and sometimes in corporate worlds, you don't want to do that because you don't want to be perceived as weak or the weak link. But I find, and I've worked in very large companies and very small companies, Usually there's people that like to help whenever possible, and chances are they've already seen and noticed some of those weak links. So I think if you're willing to kind of share, and maybe it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a, with a peer or you know, a supervisor or a manager at some point, uh, 
I, I think that if you're willing to share, people are usually willing to help. I, I tend to agree. It's, it's tough to muster up that first one, but sort of once you get into the habit, it's, it gets easier. So far, we've determined that there are some symptoms we can look at and that we need to be self-aware and then we need to balance our team's skills and strengths. How do you get started if you've realized that there's a disaster pending and you've got to fix this? Nobody's figured out how to add more hours to the day. What's the first thing you do to get started with one of these programs? Well, I think the first thing is set a goal. Why are you doing what you're doing? So are you trying to to keep the same book of business that you had last year? Are you trying to grow an existing book of business? Are you trying to find new things? Are you looking to hire new people? So, you know, so if you look at the year as a whole, what what is your goal personally and or, or for the firm? Uh, and then what is the plan to be able to achieve it? Because I think I find so many people, and it could be someone from a leadership standpoint in a company, it could be a, a typical salesperson, it could be someone in professional services, in this case an advisor, where if they're not really certain what it is they're looking to accomplish, then they're not really certain what steps they need to be taking on any given day or week. And I think that's what kind of puts too much gray area and, and too much, oops, what, what am I going to do now into the factor? So have the goal what are you trying to accomplish what is the plan to achieve it and then this you know the, you know, the steps that are in that plan and then is just to be able to 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 be you know be a little snobbish when it comes to to your schedule protective might be a better word when it comes to your to your calendar most people have recurring meetings uh, whether it's with their team or with a vendor or, or somebody else in the company to be able to schedule, when do I do my best work on these kind of activities? Uh, I know some that they have very t specific time blocked off for client-facing meetings because they're better in the morning than in the evenings or the afternoons because everybody needs my attention in the afternoons. So I, I think being aware, again, the, the self-awareness part, what is my goal? What is my plan? The steps that I need to. Now look at my calendar and in that ideal situation, when can I commit to and block off for certain activities that happen on a regular basis? Do you have a touch call or a meeting with one of your clients every single week or every single month? Well, make it the fourth Wednesday or you know anything you can do like that to have those regularity instead of the random is going to be able to help. And then you can block off the time you know, hey, Tuesday afternoons, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, those are the times that typically are the, the most popular as well as the best for me to be able to meet with current or, or prospective clients. When it comes to Mondays and Fridays, I try to reserve those to the how do I set myself up for success and put out the little ticklers to people. And then Fridays are more of the how do I make sure that I've blocked off sufficient time to follow up. So for me, just being able to to put that consistency, I know my goal, I know my plan, I, I protect my calendar. Uh, and then at that point, when somebody says, hey, can you speak, you can offer them to, to suggestions. First, it's, fewer, it's a shorter conversation or fewer emails when you're trying to schedule something. But it's a lot easier to say, hey, would Tuesday at 2 or, or Wednesday at 9 work better for you? Because that allows you to stay on track. So it's almost like you're choreographing or making an attempt to choreograph your ideal week so you can achieve, you know, work your plan and achieve your goal. And, and I love the fact that you, you dwell and, and have hit multiple times the word consistency, because that's, in my mind, what makes most of this go. It's 
set up good habits, stick with the habits you've developed and make sure you're consistent with it. Cause that's what gives you the, the power to say no to those random things that come up or to shuffle them into a, a spot where you've already predetermined there's some openings. Um, that's good calendar management, but it's also good willpower. And, and the willpower gets tested. I, I mean, I have something blocked off, you know, on a certain day and a certain time and it's that ongoing meeting and, uh, you know, it's a, well, you know, sometimes productive, sometimes it's not, uh, or maybe it's something that's dedicated towards prospecting and somebody reaches out, Hey, can you meet Monday at 11 o'clock? And I look at my calendar and it's blocked off for prospecting. It'd be very easy to go. Oh yeah, sure. I could do that. Right. And now I cancel on myself. Now, if it's important and if we do have a very, very small window where we might be able to schedule this, well, then I will say, hey, I have another appointment there. Let me move that and dot, dot, dot. They feel special. But then I need to make certain that that appointment that was important enough for me to put on my calendar to work my plan and achieve my goal, I need to reschedule it. So maybe it goes from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., and it just means I need to stick around in the office a little bit longer just to get those couple things done because, again, it was important enough to put on the calendar. It should be important enough to reschedule. But it's planned. It's not forgotten. It's like, oh, now I've got to stay late. You've already set it up for, for success because you planned it ahead. You said, I'm going to move this to 4 o'clock, and I know I have to do it. It's, it's a very disciplined thing, and I think the consistency and the discipline is, is really the core of a lot of this. And, and I think just rec- you know, just recognizing, yes, definitely consistency, and, and you mentioned willpower and the discipline for it. I've got a client of mine that Tuesday evenings, by design, he'll stay in the office until about 7 o'clock, but he's spoken to his wife and the kids, and there's things that they're doing, and you know that's just the really good time. Well, he gets into the office at 10, so he spends time with kids before – you know, the day starts and then he goes, drops him off at school, et cetera, stays a little bit later. So now he knows he has those plans. Well, if somebody calls up and says, hey, can we talk at nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning? He's not going to say, no, I'm working, I'm playing with my kids. He's going to say, I have something else on the calendar. Can we speak dot, dot, dot. So that's a personal thing tied into. And that's where I think a lot of times the the personal goals also are the ones that kind of motivate us. Otherwise, you know, when in doubt, we're just going to do whatever we're being asked to do. Are you working your plan or are you working somebody else's plan? Uh, but again, it comes down to the, to the discipline and, and just recognizing that, you know, I'd rather have a nicely, nice flowing, smooth, productive week and leave some time for some little bumps and some little, uh, some little things that pop up and not be frantic as opposed to uh, at, at, at all times, just feel like I'm running around with my, my hands up in the air. Can you, uh, can you give us a concrete example uh, without using names uh, of, of a client who had issues with time management that desperately needed help? He sought you out. You were able to counsel them, give them some recommendations and show the results and how that worked out. What did they achieve based on, on what you told them? Absolutely. And, and one comes to mind very, very quickly. It was a, about a year ago. Uh, this was somebody who worked in an organization and uh, he had that open door policy, which I, I definitely do not encourage because then you have the knock, knock, hey, boss, knock, knock, hey, boss, or getting pinged all the time. You know, you're not setting parameters, which obviously doesn't allow you to be, you know, be successful. And what he did at this point is I want to be able to be very specific with my team. What do you need? And he was spending all day Monday trying to talk to the eight members of his team to make certain that he's setting them up for success. What do you need? All that. Well, because it was just kind of come in for an hour and, and do and say whatever. 
there was no structure to it. At, at that point, then he's at the end of the day has 300 some odd unanswered emails. He's got unanswered voicemails. And now he feels as though he needs to be there at 10 o'clock at night to do what he needs to do. So part of what we did twofold was to be able to shorten the time frame and to go ahead and give him a, a structure that he could use in this case for, for these coaching. Hey, let's go ahead and take 20 minutes. The first five minutes, tell me about your weekend. Next 10 minutes, tell me about the things that are pressing. And then like the next five or 10 minutes, let's talk about what, if anything, you need from me to be able to go ahead and set you up for success. So the team came more prepared. The, the team blocked off their calendars. They got more done on Mondays. Next thing you know, he has all his meetings done by lunchtime. And he said with all the time that he got back, he was able to make sure that the reports were done so the boss didn't come you know, nagging at him. And at the same time, he was able to spend more time with clients and, 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 and be able to do more of the things that he's good at doing instead of just being stuck in his office, having semi-productive conversations with his team. They also appreciated that it wasn't, oh, I need to spend an hour with this guy every Monday. So that was one example in particular where productivity went up, stress went up, team morale went up, and he ended up getting a half day back every single Monday. Wow. Wouldn't, wouldn't everybody find something fun to do with half a day? That's amazing. Um, do these types of programs work better for different personalities? Is there, is there one that needs it more than another? Or are there changes based on, on people's hard wiring that you have to put in place? I would say, say definitely. So I do a lot of training with uh, communication and behavioral styles. There is a, an assessment that many are familiar with, some have heard about, uh, called DISC. It talks about those four hardwired styles, goes way beyond just personality. Uh, quickly, it's a, you know, there's a dominant style, results-oriented, type, type A. Let's go ahead and get it done now. There is the influencer who's definitely going to be more uh, energetic or social. Uh, it's a let's do it, but let's have fun doing it. Uh, the S is going to be that steady relator. It's let's do what we've always done to have success. And then you're going to have that C style, which can be more compliant, uh, more of the rules follower, probably a highest of all the, the process orientation. So if you think about the, the I style for a moment and he or she wants to make certain that I'm taking care of everything that my client needs or having an amazing experience, they're, they're just loving everything that we're doing for them. That's awesome. However, is it being done at the expense of attention to detail, follow, or are you taking 60 minutes to do what could be done in 30 minutes? So there are going to be some who might appreciate more of the, uh, appreciate more, more structure, uh, a client of mine that fits that description I was just giving, uh, equates it to, to bumper rails on the, on the bowling alley. He says, if you leave it to me, I will be in the gutter all day, every day. But you put the bumper rails up here. It leaves me some some wiggle room so I can just be myself and, and let that part of my business shine. But I need to have that guidance to make sure I get to where I need to be. There might be some others on the flip side that just say, I don't, you know, I already have a process. So unless you give me good reason, I'm not going to make any adjustments to. So I have seen them all across the board. To your question, yes, there are going to be some of those styles, and that's a contributing factor. There are going to be some of those styles that are going to be more apprehensive or, uh, or, or more receptive, if you will, to, to having the structure. 
that sounds like an awful lot to, to sort of parse and, and keep track of. Are there software programs or technology that can act as a tool to help us do this, especially for those that are, are more needy, that have the personality that requires a little more looking after? Yes, there, there are any number of, I know when it comes to project management, and again, whether it's being used to track the time that you're being you're spending with your clients or, or the projects behind the scenes, a uh, bunch of different industries have some cool projects. Uh, I'm a big, I mean, I use, I use Outlook and just being able to have my calendar set up to, to be able to say, look, here's some admin time that I block off every morning. And, and then here's the recurring meetings. Here's where I know I'm, I'm going to be best focused. So if I'm going to be doing some writing and prepping some things for to send over to a, to a prospective client or a current client, I, I know what, what times of days my head just seems to work a little bit better when I'm, when I need to think about those things as opposed to I need to focus on something really technical right after lunch, that may not work. So I, I think just managing the calendar, mine's blocked off, it's color-coded, so at quick glance, I can kind of see what kind of activities I have on a given day or a given week. Uh, I do use the tasks function that's in there, so dragging an email or something that there, you know, putting out to a task, hey, that's something I need to do on Thursday, so I don't have to think about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And there's time blocked off my calendar to accomplish the task that I drew, you know, that I dragged over there. So I think there's some simple things that are that are able to go ahead and keep us on task. Uh, but at the same time, you can have all these great tools and all these great resources. But if you don't use them, it's pretty much certain that they're not going to work. All the tools in the bench aren't going to help you if you don't pick one out of the drawer. Absolutely. I know I know a whole lot of people with expensive gym memberships that uh, aren't getting the results they wanted because they didn't go to the gym. So <laughs> they haven't lost pound one because you got to crack the doorway first. Um, this is all fantastic. And, and Keith, I know you're not only a, a big believer in practicing what you preach, but uh, I know that it's helped you in, in many ways to get yourself organized and to be aware of, of how you present and, and how you do things and, and it's helped you grow tremendously in your career. If there was one thing you could pass along to advisors that to sort of help them get started with all this, what would it be? So I think the first thing is to think about why are you doing what you're doing? So let's say you, you created a goal. Great. You created a plan and you worked the plan. Sometimes you're on track and sometimes it was a little dicey. So at the end of the year, you've achieved that goal what are you going to do on a personal level? Is it something that you've been wanting to do? Is it something with family? Is it something with friends? Because that's going to be the motivation that's going to keep you on track. If I go ahead and give you a call or shoot you an email on a Monday morning, hey, are you working your plan? The answer could be all over the place. And that's me just giving you that little friendly or or professional poke. But when you have that personal motivation that if I work this plan, I will achieve this goal. And when I achieve this goal, here's what it means for me personally. And, and I think that makes it a little bit easier. You know, think about a professional athlete. I'm sure there's some times after, after a big game when they're sore, they don't want to go to practice the next day. But they know in order to achieve, they need to do the steps. And I think the, probably the most important thing out of all the things we talked about here is to share this process, whatever it is you put in place, share it and share it with as many people as possible. Share it with your, with your clients to say, here's some things I've put in for the new month, the new year, whatever the case might be to make sure that I can be most efficient. Share with your colleagues. Here's the things that I've put into place. The more people are aware that you're 
taking steps, you know, maybe baby steps or maybe, you know, big steps when they understand you're taking steps to be able to own your calendar and own your schedule and be more efficient. A people are naturally wired where they like to help you. The other thing is if they don't know that you're trying to block off Tuesdays to do X, well, guess what? They're going to keep calling you on Tuesdays. But now if they know that that's your day to dedicate it all to clients, then they're not going to reach out to you on Tuesdays. So uh, you make it easier for everyone to help you or everybody to not knock you off the rails, so to speak, when you can share what you're doing with your schedule. So it's set a goal, acknowledge the weakness, make a plan to fix it and share the plan with everybody. That, that sounds like something every advisor could put in place and really start to gain from. And don't be afraid to delegate, by the way, if there's certain things that you can get off your calendar. And that's a whole nother one. Yeah. If anything, I had a colleague once, once before said, do what you do best and delegate the rest. And it's just always stuck with me. So certainly as they're figuring out goal, plan, all the things we were talking about, if there's somebody else that you can pay on your team or even outsource to go ahead and do that, to allow you to work that plan, uh, certainly by all means, go ahead and take advantage of that. Got to love the outsource angle. Keith, thanks for joining us. It's been a tremendous pleasure learning from you today. I'm sure our advisor listeners got an awful lot to think about. No, I appreciate it. I had a great time. We've been speaking with Keith Daw of McDonald Consulting in Towson, Maryland, about how to better manage your work time to find productivity and balance. If you have questions about time management and how it affects your business or about anything you've heard on this program, drop us a line at fouradvisors at pinnacleadvisory.com and we'll get you an answer. You've been listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and until next time, thanks for listening. You're listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. This program is for educational purposes only, and the opinions expressed here by guests do not necessarily fully or accurately reflect the legal intent or nature of Pinnacle Advisor Solutions, Pinnacle Advisory Group, or its senior management. This program is not intended to give legal, investment, or financial planning advice, and opinions and statements made in this podcast should not be relied on as such. 